Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight. Uh, we've got the, the the Black Lab being shot story by the police I do want to get into that, and also, well, you know what, let's start things out with that, and then we'll get into the uh, the latest dust-up over the topless controversy, and since Nick is here tonight, we'll get his th- thoughts on things as more of a minarchist kind of guy. So, Mark, let's start with the dead dog. <laughs> this poor family. Um, this is from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution at AJC.com. Family questions police shooting of dog. A Kirkwood family wants to know why a police officer investigating a home alarm felt compelled to shoot and kill one of their six-year-old black labs, Sierra, Saturday morning. Elizabeth Fetcher and her family adopted Sierra and her sister Molly from Georgia Lab Rescue when they were 10 weeks old, according to Fetcher. Sierra was a sweet and docile 65-pounder who's never... That's what they say, huh? ...even come close to harming anyone. I trust the man with the badge over this family. (laughs) I have a feeling they're making meth in their back shed. Well, um... Dirty thugs. Kirkwood... Vicious black lab and starving it and beating it. Kirkwood, we know that's the real story. Kirkwood isn't exactly a uh, a meth lab kind of neighborhood, and mm-hmm. um, you know these people. It, it it seems kind of odd that the uh, that that people get a fire alarm or a burglar alarm go off and the cop feels it necessary to shoot their dog when responding. I you know I I don't know. It's happened more than once. If the officer's being attacked, he's got to do what he's got to do, but. Um, you know, whatever. Let me finish with what the okay. family has to say, not what, what I have to say. The Atlanta police spokes, uh, spokeswoman, Sergeant Lisa Keys, said the shooting is under investigation, adding, we empathize with the homeowner's loss. Keyes said she could provide no further information. Fetcher, her husband, and two sons were visiting fa- a family in North Carolina when the shooting happened in the backyard of their Howard Street home. Fetcher, 33, runs a uh, philanthropic consulting firm, said she can't believe the officer had no choice but to shoot Sierra. He could have sh- said, stop. He could have said, wait. He could have pulled out mace. He could have just stepped, yeah. stepped behind our garden fence. Don't they, don't most cops have, I mean, I've seen them around here. They've got a, 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 a whole array of choices on their belt. There's usually a pepper spray option. There's usually a, a club, you know, or there's, there's a, a gun. Anymore. I mean, there's usually at least a gun and some other non-lethal device, what's yeah. typically known as a non-lethal device, whether it's pepper spray or a taser or both pepper spray and a taser. Typically, they have something that they could step down to or step up from to go to a gun. She but, said uh, uh, that if he would have just fired into the ground, Sierra would have taken off and oh, sat shivering in a corner. She's very timid. Yeah. You know, I yes, it's true, but uh, you know, also I've I, and I feel for this family. I really do. But I, I also wonder, you know, as a police officer, if I'm entering someone's backyard on a burglary call, what what is my hand going to be on? What's going to be unclipped? Is it going to be my taser or mm-hmm. is it going to be my weapon? 
I don't care. You, you're supposed to be trained to have the discretion to whether or not you need to use whatever your hand is on. You don't, I mean, it shouldn't be. I understand it is this way where he can just pull whatever the hell's underneath his hand and pull the trigger. Uh, I, I understand he can get away with that. But to be a professional, it seems in my mind, you'd have to be able to ascertain what was happening and then make an actual choice as to what it is that you're doing uh, about it. Also, and, I'd question uh, his judgment and just walking into the backyard with two dogs in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a burglary call, granted, but what's he doing in the backyard? You know, I mean, it's it's about when the police when it's about another human being. The typical rule, as I understand it, is the police are allowed to respond with enough force to subdue the situation. Right. So is it necessary for him to jump straight to a bullet to the face uh, of a dog? No, I think that there are several options. Like she said, shooting into the ground might have been one or perhaps what would be better would be to, you know, a swift kick to the head. That would probably be enough to send the dog in a different direction. At least give it if it is a vicious jaw, a dog, give it something else to think about for a moment. Uh, or the pepper spray option is not going to, I mean, if you pepper spray a dog in the face. Oh, that's it. It's it's not going to be able to come after you too easily. So the the guy did not need to go this far. I don't see how anybody could defend this man. Well, I, I'm just I'm just wondering what it was like for him, what his experience was. Black Lab. Well, that's all you need to tell me, man. Yeah, Black, Black Lab, doesn't, Lab. Mean, doesn't mean vicious dog to me. Well, whenever you have a shooting situation like this, it's it is very easy to Monday morning quarterback it, and you know we don't know exactly what the scene was. My we know it's a black lab. How many vicious black, black, lab, black but, labs have you ever seen? But how much time did he have to react? I don't I mean, care, man. When the dog comes up wagging its tail and looking up at yeah, you, like my, the cutest little sweet thing you've ever seen. I I remember the the most damning i think uh animal shooting video was uh, several years ago there was this video about this family that was stopped on the side of the road and i think it was in tennessee or some you know down home country zone like that and this one cop was uh, there were a couple cops there the family dog was with them they were on a trip and when the cops had gotten the family out of the car, the doors were still open. And that was when one of the, I forget which family member it was, but one of the family members realized, oh, well, let me just close this door real quick because our dog's still in there. We don't want the dog to, you know, side of the road. Dog could get out, run into the traffic, whatever. Makes sense, right? Close the door so the dog can't get out. No, you can't move. So the cops wouldn't let the family just close the door. So, of course, this happy little golden retriever just jumps right out of the car and wagging its tail boing and boing 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 boings right up to the uh, to one of the cops who then proceeds to blast it in the head with a shotgun and decapitate the animal in front of the uh, in front of its family this I was mean, the one with the video right the video right it, with the, the dog, with the dog was wagging, wagging its tail, tail as its it ran, ran up to this cop so i don't care what's going through their mind and uh, what their excuse is this is an embarrassment to whatever police department uh, this happened to. This is awful. There's a little more uh, uh, backstory here to elucidate the uh, the situation. It was about 9 a.m. Saturday when the family got a call from the alarm company saying the alarm was going off. They couldn't immediately reach their house sitter who had gone out for breakfast, so they called 911. Soon, now they called the 911. Soon they reached the sitter, um, Hillary Stewart, who returned to find the front and back doors locked. Apparently it was a false alarm. The officer pulled in at that moment, and so she said, let me talk to him. Uh, this is the, the wife, Fetcher. And 
we proceeded to talk for a few minutes, joking, because he was the officer who had come out when our cars had gotten broken to six months ago. And he said, no big deal. I don't mind coming out. And then he said he was just going to take a look around and make sure everything so was they safe. they were there by the time – wait, who had gotten the there? The house sitter was The there. got there. Oh, man. He uh, gave the phone back to Stuart, and Fetcher heard her say the dogs had gotten into the backyard. Then she said, oh, my God, he just shot her, Fetcher oh. recalled. Neighbors rushed over. Ashley, Derek, and Allison Grounds picked up Sierra and drove her to the vet. It was too late. An oh email gosh. to the uh, members of the East Lake Neighbors Community Association, Derek wrote that she arrived to find the officer beside the dog. I asked why he had shot her, and he could give me no answer. Stuart, Crap, I better think something up here before I say something. Well, you know, I, it's just uh, the, 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 the Fetcher said her two sons, 12 and 8, were traumatized. She said that she chose to, uh, to speak out for one main reason. We don't want this to happen to anyone else. And you, you said there's another story yeah, where they the talk day. to the cop, yep. and the cop is given the same old excuse of, whoa, charged at me. Well, I, I'd like to read it, yeah. An okay. Atlanta police officer who uh, killed a black lab while investigating a home alarm said he fired because he felt the charging dog was going to bite him and cause great bodily harm. The incident <laughs> happened at uh, Howard Street, as they'd said. Um, a homeowner who, who was not a home at the time asserted Sunday that Wagaman had other options besides killing Sierra. Yes. One of the two... The family's two black labs adopted six. head problem solved. I, I'm sorry. Dogs don't move like lightning fast. You can see where they're going. You can tell. I mean, they're not going to be able to jump and rip your throat out. Most of them, most of the black labs that I know. So worst that would happen if this black lab was actually going after the guy, some sort of leg damage. He very easily could have uh, put a, a boot to that dog's head if that was actually what was occurring. He says the dogs are running at full speed. The first dog had its head down tail down Frisbee in its mouth. showing its teeth <laughs> i felt that the i mean it could like be the tongue lolling out of its mouth still showing its teeth I, yeah. um just uh, from Ludicrous. the words he says i felt the dog was going to bite me and cause great bodily harm i yelled get back and stepped back in the corner oh. of the deck and threw my city issued and drew my city issued weapon i fired two shots at the dog the distance was about three or four feet yuck 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line boy Sure would feel great about living in that town and paying property taxes to support that kind of nonsense. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The next great schism has it begun. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove that they listen to the show. Uh, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. If you are a lady listener, you can get the instructions there as to how you can submit either your photo or now we're also accepting video validations. It's, you prove that you're a listener usually via holding a sign or wearing a shirt or something, you know, the variety of different creative ways people have validated. And you can see those all over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. And, well, if it's there's a lot of activism going on up here in New Hampshire. And some of it is right for some people. Some of it is not so right for some people. But I guarantee you that if you look around, if you love freedom, you're going to find something that is right for you here in New Hampshire. So come on over to freestateproject.org. There's a great forum there. There's 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. And it is a movement that is really picking up, hopefully going to pick up some speed here as we've gotten some major media coverage within the last week or so and are about to eclipse 
9,500 members, which is about 500 away from a pretty significant milestone. And so more liberty-oriented people are coming here to New Hampshire and getting active every single year. You can join them because, in my opinion, this is our best chance uh, at liberty in our lifetime. So go to Free State Project. Dot org for that as we talk about something free state related here and it's interesting that we've got nick with us tonight from free minds radio and free minds tv you can go to freemindsmedia.com to get both of those products completely free free minds tv free minds radio and also some blog posts by nick and, and toby and maybe you guys will address the uh, the topless issue on your show because i wonder what toby has to say about it there's been a whole lot of controversy uh, brewing here within the last few days as the topless protest, or as, as now we're calling it, women's rights outreach, uh, because I, th- I think protest sounds kind of like complaining. Uh, outreach is, seems a little more positive. But the idea is to have ladies and men, uh, so males and females, together in some public place, maybe at the, the next Free Keen Fest public event, or maybe just you know walking down Main Street. Not sure exactly what the venue is going to be, but it'll be a hot summer day, and uh, they'll want to take their tops off in order to stay cool. So I see you're smiling at this. Uh, how do you feel initial reactions? Mm, I personally don't think it's the greatest idea. Okay. Is it worse I... than flag burning, U.S. flag burning? It might be. Uh, it's gonna. It's gonna depend. But I don't see how this is going to build any bridges to anyone. And I feel like it's going except for the women who've been oppressed and not allowed to take their tops off. I d- I really don't think that many women out there are going to see that protest and really jump on board. I'll be perfectly hmm. honest. Interesting. Well, I had told uh, the the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, which is a brand new organization. I, I know that. Um, I think Angela Keaton from Antiwar.com is one of the executives. Uh, I know that Allison Gibbs, who is with Campaign for Liberty, is also on board as well here. And they're, they're putting this group together. They're going to come out with the Ladies of Liberty calendar. Now, ladiesoflibertyalliance.com, I believe, is the website. And I was talking with them today about sponsoring their calendar. So ladies doing activism, photos of them in a calendar. Sounds to me like something Free Talk Live and FreeKeen.com need to be in. Right, so there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this particular calendar, and it seems like a good advertising venue for the show. Certainly, something that we can get behind uh, to to help encourage more ladies getting into this movement. I mean, because that's one thing that that uh, the, the males in the liberty movement have been saying for the longest time is it's been a big gripe. Right, if you've been in the liberty movement for a while, you've heard the griping about where are all the women. Right, this is something that's been consistent throughout the the decades, as I understand it, at least the decade I've been in. Uh, of the liberty movement is where are the women? Why aren't women here? Well, guess what? Now they're here, and they're talking about doing a topless protest. So what I find interesting is that all out of all this time, men in this pro- in this movement have been griping about not having women. But then when some of them show up here to Keene, New Hampshire, and decide they want to take their tops off and live as free as men are allowed to live, then all of a sudden the entire liberty movement has been put in danger. This is worse than the uh, the, the flag burn. Apparently, people are you know running away and and quitting now over this. 
and uh, they're pulling their Free Talk Live amplifier contributions. Well, only one person, at least, that I know of has, has done that so far. But people are taking this really seriously. And I say, look, you wanted women in this movement. This is one of the ways that women are not very equal to men. And they are very well aware of it. And I know that Julia is not here right now, but uh, if she were, she was on with us for 15 minutes last night. I know that she feels very passionately about this. And I know she's, she's not the only one. So it may be easy for a man to sit there and say, well... <laughs> You know, this is uh, it's, it's it's accepted by uh, not accepted by society for uh, these things to happen around here, and we don't want to upset well, people. You're talking about you're talking about a subset of women in the liberty movement, from what I can hear, who, mm-hmm. who are making a big push for this. I, I don't know yeah. how big the push is. I'd it's like mostly in a discussion phase. I, I'd like to interject on that if I could. I uh, spoke to my wife about this and just trying to feel her out. It's a boob protest. I thought that would be funny. Anyway, oh, yeah, that is nah, good. Um, feel her out on this subject. <laughs> and uh, she, well, I, I, I kind of tried, tried to present this as, uh, as, as plainly and even-keeled as I possibly could. You didn't want to squeeze her too hard on it. Right. 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 <laughs> we got to take this subject matter into hand. Um, the, <laughs> she, um, she, she basically said she's not interested in participating. However, she does see people's point and, uh, you know, doesn't find it offensive. And awesome. I, I think, you know, my wife pretty well. She is not a, a wild eyed, radical, uh, libertarian sort. Julia might call her a stiffly stifferson. I know. I don't know. She but, may choose to, uh, yeah. you know, Julia doesn't know my wife that well. I, yeah, I know. Probably Nick knows my wife better than, than Julia does. Probably true. But, um, I you know I I, just, I I'm just saying that that was one woman's uh, opinion on this and I think that you, what you might find is that there's a lot of people interjecting on this that have a Y chromosome and I, oh yeah if you look at the forum thread at freekeen.com well, it's mostly men battling back and forth over to this be issue. fair the vast majority of the people on the boards are men yep so that is you're true assuming that it's equal a six to one ratio of, or right something. so you would expect a six to one comment ratio if all things else yes. being equal right so. and, I I um I I see that the boards have uh, have have a great deal of name calling and uh, and all that stuff going on and I don't support any of that. However, when we're talking about specifically about the the protest, I think that the protest is fine. I you know I I don't think it's the greatest thing for liberty, but it might get some PR. Well, that's why and this... I think that that's what probably where its value lies is PR. Well, one of the guys that uh, decided to pick up his ball and go home today. After having come here and visited Keene and allegedly put his uh, his home on the market uh, with plans to move here, has decided. I spoke he to him today, and he's yeah. packing. So don't he, be a jerk. He's decided I'm not being a jerk. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if that he, that's what he said. So I said allegedly. I mean, I've not seen the evidence of it. It's not my business. So uh, so he decided he doesn't want to come here anymore. And I think it's great that uh, that he's been able to make that decision now before actually coming here and then getting really disappointed after having uh, having made the move. But I, I hope that, you know, I encouraged him because he'd emailed me and uh, I encouraged him to look at some other areas of New Hampshire where there may be some other people that are, you know, apologists for the sexist prudes because he thought that. I was calling him a sexist prude, and I can understand how that would have come around, but I made it clear in my blog post this afternoon at freekeen.com that he's claiming he's not a prude, so I have no reason to disbelieve him on that. But what he is doing is he is defending the status quo and therefore apologizing for the sexist prudes who are preventing women from showing their uh, being topless. 800-259-9231. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want to style toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us, and they include the wiki with over 1,800 pages. Actually, over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, wikiwiki.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, as in Free Talk Live, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right, so the controversy continues to uh, bubble over about what is, at this point, just an idea being thrown around. I mean, people are just talking about doing something, and already people are you know, quitting over this, out of this, this, this particular movement. Uh, and I, when I say this movement, I mean the Free Keen movement. I don't know if they're quitting the Free State Project movement. There was one guy that was pretty despondent uh, about what he called name-calling today. And the reason why the term sexist was getting thrown around and uh, Dale, who probably will be here either Thursday or Friday this week, uh, Dale was one of the ones throwing the term sexist around, because if you're defending a sexist position, maybe you are or are not a sexist, but you're definitely, you know, that would be the the number one qualifier as to whether or not I think that you are a sexist, as to whether or not you're taking, uh, the, you know, making a defense of the status quo sexist position that says that men can walk around without a top on, but women can't. And well, the the law is sexist. I, I think, uh, you know, uh, arguing against a protest against that law isn't necessarily sexist. It might have all kinds of different reasons why you would choose to. Yeah, the I, reason I agree with the idea behind the protest. Yeah. And, you know, right. Not very far from here in Keene in Brattleboro, Vermont, non-sexual nudity is not illegal, period. I Did mean, they take walk, that law off the books uh, again? They, Didn't you say it expired, It was a temporary Mark? law, okay. um, as I recall. Yeah. They were having issues with it, so they made like a temporary law. And my understanding is that I could still go over to Brattleboro, Vermont, and walk down Main Street completely, completely naked. naked. Which I think is I'm an entirely doing, different issue. <laughs> which I'm not, if I'm not doing anything <laughs> lewd. And right. people don't do it all the time in Brattleboro, so personally... Certainly not during the winter. I would like, you know, I, I guess, ideally... Laws like that should be removed. Right. I think that there are social conventions which, to some extent or another, they're just the way society is shaped at the moment. Right, but the, the, there's a way to change that. There's a way to change the way society is shaped, and that is for people to no longer be uh, cowed by such traditionalist, silly, nonsense rules like that. In other societies that aren't far from ours, uh, you mentioned Brattleboro, also Canada, I think as a whole, it's completely legal to uh, for a lady to be topless there. It's Europe. not done. I'm, I'm just drawing a distinction between the social convention aspect of it, which is essentially a voluntary aspect of it. It's based on a social convention between people who aren't using force against each other. They might sure. shun each other. But what I'm pointing out here is that a lot of people are going to see this as challenging the social convention rather than saying, 
it that's shouldn't okay. be illegal for women you, to right, walk I don't, around. I'm not concerned about the people that think it's challenging the social convention. Like the people that are offended by it. I know that there's going to be some, you know, the first thing you're going to hear is the children. Um, that, my God, my eight-year-old child could see boobs. Uh, you he know, had one in his mouth about not, uh, eight years ago. Well, and, and that that end, uh, he's going to see them anyway. Yeah. It's, you know, you're not going to stop that from happening. Sure. Um, I he's mean, eight. He may have already. The most offensive thing about this protest likely are going to be the boobs that they see, um, not the... Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Not the fact that they, in fact, saw boobs. But, you know, I the, the social conventions don't bother me. It doesn't bother me that those people that... Uh um, that they're upset the, 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 you know the, pr- the, the the real prudes not the ones on the boards or anything like that but the real prudes are going to be upset because they're going to be upset they've right. been upset all along whenever the status quo has changed and it sure. doesn't matter how you it's challenge the status quo they're going somebody's they're going to be upset w- wouldn't you agree with that Nick like it doesn't matter open container marijuana I would agree so right. I, I so mean, the people who are against this within our movement are saying, well, let's pander to the status quo. Whoa, 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 this is too far. Oh, I'm okay with open container or marijuana protests, even though that'll piss off a lot of people in the status quo. They're sure anti-drug and anti-alcohol uh, or anti-alcohol in, in uh, t- people under 21. Uh, they're in their hands. Uh, so it, inevitably, people are going to be upset by this. But I'm upset by the fact that uh, women aren't able to go around and be as equal as uh, as men. I mean, it's like a no-brainer issue. And, and even uh, even some people that were so opposed to things like the, uh, the flag burn are saying this is just fine. So it's just clear that there are so many different viewpoints as to what is and what is not an appropriate act of civil disobedience. You're never going to satisfy everybody, and, and it's complete... It's a complete guessing game as to how many people will be dissatisfied by one protest versus another. Well, my feeling is it's going to take place somewhere at some point right. in the state of New Hampshire. Well, it's taken so. place already all across the world. These protests have occurred by usually women's rights groups and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think that uh, the the liberty movement in New Hampshire could benefit from saying that we stand for women's rights. Oh, and, we benefit with uh, more women moving here too. I think. I think that um, it. I think that a lot of women, at least uh, using my wife as an example, a lot of women see that you know somebody's defending me on an issue that. Maybe it's not the most important thing to me. I, for instance, don't carry a gun, don't own a gun. Guns aren't uh, really a big portion of my life, but I know that I can't own one because I'm a felon. Do you think I should be able to own one? Yes. What if I don't want to own one? Do you still think I should be able to own one? Yes. Okay, then, I mean, like, that's that's kind of how I see it. Sure. I, I'm just, I think it's going to be used <laughs> by people in opposition to the activism going on here. It's okay. They've already called us cannibals. I mean, I, how much? I, what I, else could they say? But I think it might be giving them a a little bit more ammunition than some of the other protests have. Personally, I just I think okay. it's go- not going to be as effective as some of the proponents of it might hope. But I disagree. I think that uh, the I think it'll be very effective. I think it could be the most popular. Uh, most talked about activism that we've seen happen yet here in New Hampshire as far as getting the word out to other people uh, around the country that there's really something happening here, especially to ladies. And I forgot to mention when I was talking about the Ladies ladies of Liberty Alliance, and it is ladiesoflibertyalliance.org, it's a brand new group, uh, was talking to them today, and I ran the idea by them. And I said, well, you know, you've got this calendar you're putting together when is the due date for all the artwork? And they said, well, we've already decided on it. And I'd asked them, I'd said, well, we've got this protest that might be happening. It's just being talked about at this point where ladies in Keene will be going topless. 
And I was kind of expecting them to come back and say, oh, you know, we don't want to really associate with that with our calendar because they're pr- promoting this to the, the movement at large, and that could be a, a damning thing for them. But she came right back in favor of it. Uh, she wrote me back, and she was all about it. She said, yeah, well, we'd like to include that, but we'd have to do it next year because they've already figured out what they're what they're doing for uh, for this year. So the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, at least the, one of the ladies putting together the calendar, was pretty excited about it. I thought that was great. Oh, I, well, yes, now, Nick. Um, what if I'm just, we're going to play what if here? What if it gets national news and you, the Free State Project gets a uh, hundred movers as a result, um, and there's backlash? Would it be uh, Would it be worth it? Well, that would depend on how severe the backlash is, but probably yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Fifty people quit. Fifty people quit. A hundred join. Well, well it's more than just join signers. It's more than just signers and people who drop out. There's also the aspect of what it says to everybody else in the state of New Hampshire, which is a, a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a problem I'm having with the focus of some of the activism, is it's as if it doesn't even matter how it comes across to anybody besides other liberty activists. I don't it think in the, a little in the state of New Hampshire, summer. I don't think anybody cares. Because um, you look at Manchester, you look at uh, Concord, you look at the, the seacoast, and they're going to say, oh, it's those lunatics over in Keene. Because Keene being the liberal bastion that it is, I think that if you're going to have it someplace, that Keene's the proper here. place to have it, that a lot of people will be on board for it for that very reason. How many men in your that you've known in your life do not like breasts? Uh, maybe some of the ones who are gay. Okay. Uh, so therefore, it'll be a pretty popular <laughs> protest among males. Yep. And we've already talked about here how some of the ladies around here are for it. Not all of them are. Um, but Mark, your wife, uh, who you didn't really, you didn't know what to expect out of her, uh, she was for it. So there's some initial uh, results saying that uh, there are, sure are a lot of men that'll enjoy this protest. And uh, it's, it's going to be a mixed, re- mixed reaction any way you slice it, I just, that's for sure. I just hope that... The, the choice that's made of who does this protest is someone who's attractive. Yeah. Because it will make a difference in how it is perceived by I concur people. with that. Um, now, Ian, uh, what I want to know is, why do you enjoy the controversy on the board so much? The I name don't know. Calling, I'm just a forum. You... I love a good forum thread. More I, coming up here. I feel bad for what's we'll, going on there. Here, we'll come back. We can dig into that a little bit and take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. And take that money in, as we will take that money in, and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up. You'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All there at amp.freetalklive.com. The topless protest slash outreach idea that has been uh, bubbling around here in the Keene area has uh, broke onto the air last night. It ended up being a lengthy discussion. We've been uh, recapping it tonight here and, and adding in some, some new developments. Uh, some people have been very upset about this, and there's, there continues to be controversy. You're certainly welcome to comment at 800-259-9231. Especially if you're female. Boy, I'm sick of hearing about guys' I opinions agree. on this, I agree. <laughs> this subject. Uh, 
and by the way, I, I, I did post about this today over at freekeen.com, and in the post, the post itself, of course, was offensive to some people because I put a picture of what appears to be two topless young ladies, maybe in their early 20s, late teens, uh, on the post, and it's not actually a topless photo. What it is is it's a picture of these girls with pasties on. There uh, and it's, it's something that Julia and I were talking about last night as an alternative. Maybe some lady uh, doesn't want to participate in a full nude protest. Well, would she be uh, committing the, the the illegal act if she had a pasty over top of her nipple? Is it the nipple that makes a, a a breast nude? The nipple showing because these girls are then not nude if they're showing their entire breast with the exception of the areola. The pasties are actually shaped to look like nipples, and I think what the the girls in the picture did because they're different sizes. I think they just sort of cut them out of a larger one and fit fit them essentially to Some their are breasts. larger than others. Right, so uh, so they kind of custom cut these little nipple pasties and put them right over their uh, their real nipples. So that would be an interesting middle ground for maybe some of the ladies in the protest to take. Some could be full nude, some could just be wearing the uh, the, the nipple pasties. Would the cops arrest the fully nude women, but not arrest the ones with the pasties on? Who knows? I would hope they would leave everybody alone. I'd hope it would be a completely non-event with the the women just hanging out with their tops off or walking down the street with their tops off. Just hanging out. Whatever the issue is, and that would be it. It would be the end of it, and it would would go away and probably wouldn't happen again. So why do you like the controversy, especially on the boards about this? Well, I'm a a good forum addict, you know? I mean, if I get a good forum thread, I'll spend way too much time there, and it's a problem, actually. I mean, there's been name-calling. You've been laughing out loud about it during the breaks. I mean, you you like the action, the conflict, and that's I I don't like the conflict, but I do. uh, I am pleased to know that people are, are coming to determine what they want. And it seems to me that some people do not want to be associated with those who would engage in such a protest, those who would engage in such an act and uh, such a brazen act of going topless in public, which is, by the way, it's going to be a co-ed idea where men will also be topless to show the equality issue. But it seems clear to me that those folks that have determined they don't want to be associated with this, this is a good thing. I think that the schisms are good. This is what we found out with the first so-called schism in this movement, the New Hampshire Liberty Movement. See, what happened is, for those of you that have not been paying attention for the years this has been going on, uh, what happened is the kind of outside-the-system activists, the agorists, for lack of a better term, were the non-political types, were mixing in with the politicos, and uh, things got really dramatic at one point, and so the agorists... Outside the system guys broke off. They started their own forum. It's called nhfree.com. And there was a big bunch of hubbub surrounding this at the time that it happened. Oh, no, the movement is splitting in two. Well, NH Free was a political and outside the system forum at first. They, they evicted. That's true. They, but, they did evict and the I don't, politicos. I don't go there anymore. Right. You know, I, <laughs> but, they, but they made it sound like, oh, God, the movement is broken in two and will never survive. And, uh, but everything ended up working out. Most people still mix between both types of activism. You know, some people are doing Politico and doing outside the system. Some exclusively politics, some exclusively outside the system. But I would say the majority of people are kind of have a foot in, in both camps to some extent. Most people still get along at all of the public events. And there is no real significant schism. But what there was was a, d- a divide of efforts into new things happening. There was a, a 
a division that was a very positive kind of division. We needed another forum for that kind of thing. And right, and there isn't uh, there there isn't I, that I know of people that won't hang out with each other because of uh, you know differences of opinion on the political and there may be a handful, but no more. I mean, right. there may so be some no... intolerant people on one side and some intolerance on the other, but that's on the extreme ends of uh, right. Both. I don't see that, and I don't feel unwelcome at uh, either in either camp. Right. Even though I would consider myself more of the political activist than the uh, civil disobedient type. I don't feel, and most of my friends, because I live in Keene, most of my friends are the civil disobedient type. I don't feel ostracized due to that. I think that there are some things that the... Uh, the, the, the you might get joshed a little bit. You might get a little bit of uh, fun poked at you, but that's about You've it. You've got to be able to, you know, to, yeah. <laughs> as, as a talk show host, you have a, a, have a bit of a thick skin. But, you know, I think that they're doing some stuff that is, uh, you know, n- not the best way to go about doing things. But I also understand that, it, you know, that this movement is going to have to – people are going to have to try different things. Uh, and, you know, some of them are going to have to not be as efficient as I'd like to be, them to be. It would be really, really, really great if I could put together a movement of 20,000 libertarians that will do exactly as I say. <laughs> and we can, uh, you know, in a coordinated and efficient manner – You can have that tonight when you fall asleep. Right, because it's not going to happen right. any, anywhere in the world. You're just not going to get liberty activists on the same page to all do the same thing. Simply so, not going to happen. I am in, excited by this because I think it's good news. I think it shows that this is a strong protest, that this is an idea that its time has come, that the fact that people are so upset by it shows how uh, inspirational this, this can be. I think that for every person that's getting very upset, there's somebody out there that we haven't reached yet that is going to see this and say, Wow, that's really exciting. I want to be a part of that and and come here and and join this movement. And I think that's really important. So that's why I'm excited about the fact that somebody has said I'm taking my ball and going home. Fine. Somebody else has already stepped up to you know to fill the amp uh, amp amount. Maybe this will end up. Maybe more people will drop out in protest of uh, you know drop out of the amp program. Which you know that's fine. Uh, if, if you think you can put your money somewhere else that'll that'll help spread what your version of uh, liberty is. Then I think that's what that's what you should do. But hopefully you'll you'll stay behind this show because well there's nobody else that's really doing what uh, what Free Talk Live is and Free Talk Live isn't necessarily about Keene, New Hampshire. It just happens to be where I live. My my only concern is that if pro liberty activists are responding in the way that they are, a number of them, it might not play any better with the general public. But then again, it might because it's very easy for people on a forum to second guess and come up with a worst case scenario. Nobody real. I don't know how it's going to play. I don't think it's the greatest idea personally, but maybe it will go off pretty big. It, maybe it will be a positive thing. I can't say for it's, sure. It's, it's a lot easier to say it in the forum than to actually do it and see how it turns out. I've noticed that there, um, uh, you know, in general, I, and I've been guilty of this, that there's been a lot of hand wringing and uh, line sitting coaching going on. Uh, you know, people are, are so worried about whatever's going to go, and it doesn't really matter. There's all kinds of different stuff, um, and and somebody who's Pick sitting on the guidelines not doing anything about that particular um, in that area. They're the ones that have the uh, the coaching. Oh, don't do it! Now, obviously, in that case, you know, if you're not doing it and you you suggest not to do it, what else are you going to do? But by and large, up to this point, the disasters haven't occurred. All these predicted disasters up until this point, um, that of overall different types of activism, whether political or outside the system, have not yet occurred. I don't know that that means that they're you know it couldn't, but. That's why I say if if uh, some naked breasts are what destroy the liberty movement, then it needs to be destroyed. Right. Then it didn't it didn't have much from the yeah. from the get go. 
I'm not. I don't. I think it's pretty absurd to say that any one protest is going to destroy the liberty movement or kill the Free State Project. That has what has been his. That has been insinuated I'm, I'm by sure, some of these people. Yeah, I'm sure that's the rhetoric that's being used on the forums, but I, I don't think it's reasonable the to say that that's going to be the actual effect of a the protest. same intense rhetoric was used when the flag burn protest was well, being planned I, I i think one of the reasons that people whether it's people outside of the state or people who don't engage in the civil disobedience type of activism will throw in their two cents maybe a little bit more than that when they hear an idea like this come up is that for better or for worse they're going to be associated with it if they're out there as a pro-liberty activist in New Hampshire, and they moved here, odds are good that they're going to be identified as a member of the Free State Project. So whether you know they think this protest is a good idea or not, you are going to be associated to some extent with protests like this by people in opposition to the liberty movement and people who just aren't very well informed. They're lucky we're not calling it the Free State Project topless uh, event. <laughs> That would be bad. That that would anger a lot more people. Yeah. I have a Hour number two is on the way. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. And, you know, this hasn't even been scheduled yet. It's right. just in the discussion phase. I don't think it's even going to happen. Honestly, <laughs> please. A bunch of women taking their tops off in Keene, New Hampshire? Hour two. Sounds unlikely. On the way. Free Talk Live. Attention. All active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include all kinds of things like archives and more, so enjoy it. All right, we're going to get right into your phone calls about anything at all. Fred is in Michigan, and Fred, you're on Free Talk Live with you, Nick and Mark. Hello, gentlemen. Can you hear me now? Just Yeah, just fine, Fred. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I have a little bit of a beef. Uh, it uh, kind Where's of bothers beef, when uh, callers uh, call in and they have to lead off. Many of them do this, I've heard on the show, by stating that... Uh, They've been in the United States military for four years, or they've been in the United States military for six years. I'm really not sure why they find it necessary to preface their remarks by stating that. It's like and a then, conservative talk radio thing where they basically call up and they present their conservative cred, and this conservative host will then respond with, thank you for your service, or something like that. And that's the same reason why uh, when you heard uh, Ron Paul on this show over the weekend, was it this weekend or last weekend? Anyway, we had Ron Paul on, I think it was two weeks ago, on our Saturday show. 
we kind of got that response, which we don't normally get on this show because he's Ron Paul, right? So the callers all of a sudden had to call in, Ron Paul, I voted for you, and thank you for your service. And, you know, they just kind of have to state their their uh, their conservative cred, I guess. And it's not I just feel. conservatives, though. They, I, I hear this on the liberal, they do it on the liberal radio shows. Too. I've been a union okay. member since 1960-whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's all that same thing. The people, same deal, huh? you know, People are trying to show where they stand, and then a lot of times they'll disagree once they give their cred, and then they'll they'll say this is how I uh, you know disagree or agree, but th- they often give their cred whether they agree or disagree. Okay, well I I guess I should say then um, I'm Fred from Michigan and uh, I am a state employee and I have been for 17 years. Um, You're a crappy and... American, Fred. Oh darn. Okay, <laughs> that's what I get I guess for telling who I am. Okay, go ahead, man. Well, yeah, you don't have to do that stuff on this show. Just talk, just talk to us you. about what uh, is on your mind. Though I'm sorry that you've worked for the state for so long. <laughs> Actually, I kind of enjoy it. I don't mind it. I, uh, I, I like the job. I wish it was a private sector job. but uh, What are you doing for him? I'm a parole agent, uh, supervise uh, convicted felons on parole and probation. There you okay. go. Uh, so do you, do you uh, really pick on some of them, uh, the, the violent ones, or you mess with the, you mess with the drug users? Well, I have to supervise uh, all types of people that are on uh, felony probation for different uh, Offenses, some assaultive, some not assaultive. Some crimes uh, have victims, some don't. Um, I focus my efforts on the uh, the criminals that have victims uh, more so than know. the criminals that don't have victims. Good so. to know. Good to know. All right, you're all right in my book. So, what's on your mind? I try not to, I try not you to your cred. up for marijuana usage and so forth. Uh, you got your libertarian so cred. Go ahead. <laughs> what's on your mind? Yeah, I called in to, to give you my beef about people calling in and saying that they've been in the military. Oh, okay. I'm with you, man. The, yeah, I mean, it bothers You're me. It. it bothers me because essentially what they're trying to say is my opinion is better than mm-hmm. that of someone who has not served in the military. And I have to tell you, have you know, there are some really smart pro-liberty people who have served in the military, and there are some just awful, wretched, stupid human beings who've served in the military. It really doesn't change who you are all yeah, that it much. Yeah, doesn't mean anything. You just happen to have, you know, served in the same government organization as millions of other people. Two of the things that um, will be said to us on this show um, in order to discredit us by people who are not doing a very good job of it are, have you ever served in the military, son? <laughs> and how old are you? As yeah. though either one of those things would make me qualified for, A, An deciding opinion. whether or not my money should be spent on this uh, organization that is uh, you know, funded through a uh, you know, course of uh, taxation, or B, somehow I'm going to get smart enough to have an opinion once I get to the age that that person who's saying it is. Uh, my response to that one, which I, I just love, is I'm older than uh, Thomas Jefferson was when he wrote the Declaration of Independence and Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for your sins. Is that old like enough for you? you? That. What's that? I do like when you say that. Yeah. I enjoy that. <laughs> it's just it's just such a dumb point of view, and you know I just come up with a dumb uh, thing to say back to him, but I I, th- I think it just slams him. Since, since we're on the topic of uh, pet peeves about talk radio, do they do this on the liberal talk shows too, Mark? It sounds like you've heard a few of them. I think uh, the only, I've only heard a few minutes of some of them, just because they're so so few of them out there. But uh, do they have the self congratulatory intros? Tom Hartman is here to kick your ass, or yes. whatever that kind of stuff, where it goes on for like a minute. Tom, I love your show. Tom, you're the best. You know all that kind of like a, a whole sixty second liner that runs every time they come back from break. Tom. 
Stephanie uh, Miller would probably be the one most likely to do something like that, but her show's kind of funny and hot talky anyway. Yeah. So uh, she's hot too, so she you know she gets a pass. Uh, you know she's all right on the scale of talk show hosts. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's got it going on. Okay. All right. So th- so thank you so much, uh, Fred. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, uh, one quick thing. Uh, I'm going to call back for this topic, but um, the uh, vocabulary and, and utilizing and pronouncing words wrong, you guys have thick skins about that, don't you? Well, yeah, I do it all uh, wrong a lot. I went to government school, so lay it on me. Oh, well, I've been compiling a list. I'll call back another time. <laughs> and we Why don't you just email it? <laughs> well, you, it's, a, it's vocabulary it's and speaking, you. so it makes more sense well, if it, you call with that. Is it, is it just a misuse of the word, or is it, well, a, it, is it just a different pronunciation? Pronunciations, like well, uh, I've been jotting a couple down. Just one quick one before I go is some, one of you, I think Mark, or Ian, I can't remember, said plethora, and the word is plethora. Um, it, actually, there's a, if you'll you take a look at the in the dictionary. This is one of the ones that I've looked up, and they'll have two Alternate. pronunciations. Yeah. Generally, when you see the pronunciations there, there is a, um, a more likely and a less likely pronunciation, but they're both correct. Kind of like the tomato tomato thing. Like diktat. I've been picked on for saying diktat before, but that's the German ver- uh, version. It's not d- dictate, which right. some diktat people... is a an English word. It's been used enough. It's, yeah. it's certainly etym- etymologically from German, but it's it, it sounds it, more German. That's why I use it. It just sounds more uh, authoritarian, so I, I choose that version. Another one that I often do just for kicks, and I do the um, uh, I do the uh, plethora thing just for for kicks, um, really. You know, I look at them. I, I decide to take the, the least pronounced version. I haven't done it with tomato, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't say aunt either. But uh, is is um, there's you say o- aunt? There's o- yeah, I do say aunt. There's oxymoron, and then there's um, how do they pronounce it? Oxymoron, um, and Julia. or something like that, and 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 you know they're they're one's a more and one's a less likely pronunciation. So yeah, man, feel free to call in sometime with your list and uh, and just go down it, and we'll see. I mean, sometimes I'll change uh, the way I pronounce things, but uh, Julia once told me that she thinks I mispronounce the word orange. I pronounce it orange. That's how I've always said it, orange. But apparently that's not the way you're supposed to say it. I don't know. Some people say orange and some people say orange. Not orange, but orange and versus orange. Anyway, it's very subtle. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. And I like I like uh, learning about English. I still uh, I like it well, now that I'm older and I can appreciate it. I, when they're when they're forcing it down my throat, I didn't like it very much. Well, there's a certain when it comes to debating pronunciation, I, there's a certain snobbiness, and yeah. it, whether it's you know a regional colloquialism thing or it's just there's two different ways to pronounce a word, it, it just it actually kind of bothers me. I mean, as long as it's not the what whole about debate, when, because a lot of times <laughs> you'll get into one of these debates where both sides are convinced that they're correct because it's simply the way they say it. Well, and it, English is a fairly flexible language. It's spoken like, so, around so many places around the world that. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to say there's one correct way to pronounce things. Sure, British I mean, people will disagree with us about how we say virtually everything, and and, and aluminium. Aluminium. Favorites. Aluminium. That's one of my favorites. How about uh, here, How about up here in the Northeast? With I mean stuff like uh, soda. Yeah. Uh, soda. Well, that's there's more no of a R in that word. That's more of a dialectal thing. The A's at the end, uh sounds at the end of words get changed to ers, and ers get changed to ahs. Worcester. So that's one of my favorites. Yeah, Worcester is Worcester. The, uh, the, the, the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> it's when spelled it, it's, Worcester. Right, W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. There is no H in there. You can't say Chester because there's no H. Well, there isn't? Gloucester oh. has an H. Gloucester. Oh, really? 
but it's pronounced Gloucester <laughs> or Gloucester if you're from Massachusetts. <laughs> Just Language is fun. I, it is for me. I, I particularly like that stuff, but I, <laughs> I can also, uh, you know, imagine that uh, some people, it, you know, it, it breaks. It, oh, yeah, it bothers breaks them a little them. bit when they yeah. uh, hear one pronunciation over another. Especially when it's it us way. dumb Southern boys. Not you, Nick. You were born up, up in the Northeast. Yeah, there's there's no way to sound dumber than to have a Southern accent. I mean, I, being from the South, I think <laughs> I can I think I can say that. I without don't know. Hitting a, a Southern accent up against Soder. That doesn't sound too bright either. Who are you talking about, eh? More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, we've got archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours right there on the front page. And they're free at freetalklive.com. And guns, protests, smoking bans, biker rallies, comic conventions, Porcupine Freedom Festival, homeschooling, mortgages, pirates, hot chicks... Talking about liberty, of course, and the puppet from outer space. Thinktwicenews.com. Go there and subscribe today. It's the brand new news product on YouTube brought to you by Jason Osborne from SACL CAI as well as uh, John Shaw, the moderator of the Free Talk Live BBS. They are two of the guys that are behind thinktwicenews.com, and they've been doing a pretty good job so far. So head on over, take a look at some of their videos, and if you like it, subscribe. Thinktwicenews.com. As we continue here, we will take your calls about anything. Some great news out of Massachusetts, where Manuel Laura at LewRockwell.com is reporting that there is mass civil disobedience going on down there. And who would ever have thought that such things would happen in a place, a statist place like Massachusetts? But it looks like when the incentives are uh, correct, people will do what they are supposed to do, and that is disobey. I think that this is a great example of what happens when just a, a, a number of people start saying no, when they start telling the government they're not going to fall in line and jump through their hoops and be obedient and pony up, because that's what's happening. As you may recall, Massachusetts, I believe it was a ballot initiative, passed, I think in uh, November of 2008, a uh, initiative that basically reduces the severity of a marijuana uh, conviction to the point where you will have to pay a fine. I believe it's, a, as it says here, a $100 fine. So if you get caught with a certain amount of marijuana, I don't know what the cutoff is. I think it's about an ounce. An ounce. If you get caught with a less than an ounce of marijuana, the cop can only write you a ticket. He can't take, he can't take, can he take the pot? He might be able to. Take I think the pot. they can confiscate the pot, but it's not a it's not a misdemeanor charge. It won't go on your record. And you aren't being taken down to the station. You're just being handed a ticket, and you're on your way. Well, according to uh, again Manuel Laura BostonHerald.com, the original source, thumbing their noses at the state's lax new pot law, Bay State stoners are brazenly lighting up in front of cops and then refusing to pay the fines, leading some frustrated police chiefs to all but give up the fight. Local police are reporting widespread defiance of the six-month-old law, and a Herald review shows a vast majority of potheads cited by, by cops blowing off their $100 fines. So the majority of them at this point, after six months, have decided, Psh, 
I'm just not going to pay this. The article goes on to say, according to Laura, that the cost to prosecute these offenders through the court system is higher than the fine. Of course, the tyrants aren't liking this one bit. According to the article, Berkshire District Attorney David Kaplis, the head of the state prosecutor's group that fought against relaxing pot sanctions, said, It's exactly what we were afraid of and what we predicted would happen. They'd issue citations and they'd be ignored. My God, can you believe that people aren't taking their government seriously? You know, I think that this is where the government uh, has an opportunity to, uh, you know, just back off and then they won't have the problem because yeah. clearly people aren't taking them seriously. <laughs> they shouldn't be taken seriously. Not in this case. Uh, it's, it is good news and it sounds like it is essentially pushing the police into a corner where they're questioning whether it's even worth it to enforce the existing law at this point. Proponents argued pot convictions made youthful indiscretions into lifelong liabilities, but while unpaid parking tickets can cost drivers their licenses, unpaid pot fines carry no repercussions. So they could crack down even further on this and try to make uh, a more stringent punishment happen, and they probably would find more people falling into line. But it just goes to show that when people say no, they're not going to obey, the government is uh, to some extent stymied by that and very frustrated by it. And it makes it so it uh, delegitimizes the state. And I think that delegitimizing the state is the most dangerous thing you can do uh, that, that, that can happen for the state. It's uh, delegitimization and laughter. If you can get people to laugh at the state and to not take it seriously and to ignore it, then eventually it'll go away. I mean, if enough people didn't pay property taxes... What could they really do about it? There is a significant strength in numbers, and that's one of the reasons why the New Hampshire Liberty Movement is so exciting, because we're getting those numbers together. We're getting people together who are willing to say no on more things than just a, a pot ticket that has no real consequence if you say no to it. Uh, but, but this should be encouraged, and I think this is great news, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to point it out, especially in a statist haven like Massachusetts, to have something like this going on. The district attorney says there's nothing that can happen. And according to Manuel Laura, Merritt, maybe there is hope after all for the complete decriminalization of even the mildest of illegal substances. And I hope so. I think that, you know, I'd like to see I, I would like to see people not being uh, you know, put in jail and uh, their lives being ruined over the possession of a dried out plant. That seems crazy to me. I. You know, it may not be the best thing for your lungs. It may not be the best choice for your life. Vaporizer, my friend. Vaporizers are probably a better I'm choice. Not saying for it's good for your lungs. I don't know, but I'm imagining that vapor is better than uh, than smoke. It seems monoxide. like uh, it, it seems like it is, but you know, it, it's probably not great anyway. All right, so that that's the good news, and of course, the more disobedience there is, the more difficult it becomes for the state to handle. 25 marijuana smokers uh, smoking marijuana in public would be, I think, probably more than the state could handle as far as incarceration. I don't know. There's a certain number at which they just won't be able to afford to put them in the jail cells anymore, which reminds me. I've reached out to Mark Emery and uh, looking to see if we can get him on the show here because apparently it's actually coming down to the point where the Prince of Pot from Canada will be turning himself over to the United States and possibly spending up to five years in prison because it doesn't look like they can beat the extradition. Uh, so there's there's an update in his case, and obviously I want to hear it from him and, and you know see how we can help. They're looking at, it looks like they are planning protests around the world 
to uh, to coincide with the the day that he turns himself in or something like that. And we'll get the details and maybe we'll have one here in Keene. Have a like that'll finally be the excuse we needed to to have a marijuana disobedience here. And of course, I'm sure that will offend a lot of people and will lose the liberty movement forever. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Ziggy is in the UK. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ziggy. Hi guys. Hey there. Um, first of all, quickly pronunciation. Um, any of you no, no, Zig, it's that? pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> any of you want to say Lester? 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 Oh, say... <laughs> that's, the, that's the word the Americans always find tricky to say over here. Lester? Um, it's, it's Lester. It's Lester. There's something well, they there use, about. They, use, they usually go, Lester, you know, they cut, uh, for some reason. Oh, Dutch people, um, if you ever want to tease a Dutch person, try and get them to say Joshua. They can't say it. Joshua? Yeah, if, if you try a Dutch accent, they, they, can't, they can't say it for some reason. Hmm. Um, anyways. Um, I don't know what a pro- Dutch accent sounds like, but I'm, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, at, at the topless protest, I think you're finding out how many people are libertarians and how many people are conservative libertarians. Yeah. Well, that is a common thread up here. Is there is a bit of a there has always been a bit of unease between uh, those who consider themselves more of the social or the uh, the conservative type uh, libertarian, and that's something we just have to deal with. Well, thank you for the call, Ziggy. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The topless protest has definitely brought it out into the open. I think in a big way. I'm not going to question someone's uh, libertarian cred based on it. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark, inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Features including the bulletin board system. There's a lot to talk about there, 450,000 plus posts. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Well, the good news out of Massachusetts is that cops are starting to back down on enforcing the marijuana laws there since people have just decided to stop paying the fines. I think that's great news, but unfortunately, the other side of the country, uh, Dallas, Texas, and off-duty police officers are now patrolling streets looking for people illegally watering their lawns and gardens. So one step forward, uh, a few steps back, as usual. Uh, residents are being encouraged to stealthily rat out water scoff laws on a 24-hour hotline. One Texas lake, this is the Associated Press, has dipped so low that stolen cars dumped years ago are peeking up through the water line. The nation's <laughs> Good job of, of the uh, law enforcement <laughs> uh, community here <laughs> leaving a bunch of stolen cars at the bottom of this lake. I mean, you would think... You would think that it would be their highest priority rather than seeking out who's watering their lawn to uh, get these cars out of the lake and at least tell people what the hell happened to their vehicle. Well, but you have to understand, Mark, the government runs the water supply in most places. 
And so they, like any government bureaucracy, even though the water government uh, bureaucracy, the government bureaucracy for water, at least around here, is kind of separate from the rest of the government in that they, they don't get money from property taxes. They get money from the bills that they issue. They still don't have those market incentives that uh, any other agency that would be providing such a service has to, for instance, expand their capacity as is necessary to meet the, expand, uh, the expanding population of the area. Uh, same with the government roads. I mean, that's why government roads are so inadequate and so bu- so bad because they just don't have the uh, the ability to properly calculate and to plan based on the variety of economic market signals that are coming in. They just they, they don't even have to listen to that crap because it doesn't matter. So when when the water supply starts running low, instead of figuring out how to best you know deal with that and expand their business, uh, they decide to crack down and hurt people. Right. And that's what they're doing. Whenever you see, uh, you know, huge lines and people clamoring to get things, you either have basically a disaster, um, or you have the government in charge of things. I'd say yep. you can you can bar that with uh, movie openings uh, of major movies. Yep. But um, you know, that's a, that's about it. Those are the the three reasons. And the government, you know, they just they don't operate like a regular business. When there's a shortage of gasoline, gasoline prices go up. The nation's most drought-stricken state is deep-frying under relentless 100-degree days. And waterways are drying up, especially in the hardest-hit area covering about 350 miles across south-central Texas. That's making folks worried about the water supply and how long it might last. According to the general manager of Liberty Hill Water Supply Corporation, he says the water table's fallen and fallen and fallen like a whole lot of other people around here. This is the worst I can recall seeing it, I tell you. It's just pretty bleak. There are 230 Texas public water systems under mandatory water restrictions, including those in and near San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, and Austin. Another 60 or so have asked for voluntary cutbacks. Water levels are down significantly in lakes, rivers, and wells around Texas. Liberty Hill's website urges its 1,400 or so residents in all red letters to stop using unnecessary water with this plea. If we follow these strict guidelines, we may have drinking water. The town shortage eased some with the arrival this week of 35,000 gallons per day from a nearby water system, but residents are still worried. Well, um, I would say water the water table is one of these situations where you have communal property that is just simply not going to be – you can't regulate it by uh, – How many people take water out of it, you mean? Correct. Yeah. I mean, do you think that you have the right to put a well on your property and uh, get the water that's uh, down there? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And so does everybody else. And right. so if they begin using the, uh, the the water to the point in, during a drought where they, you know, they want to water their lawn, sure, they're lowering your water table at the same time. Of course, they're also putting the water back out into the ground. I don't know how that lawn. all works. And I, a lot of it's lost to evaporate. Not to get too deep into the science, but a lot of watering a lawn, the water is lost from that local area. It doesn't go back into the water right. table. So. If you wanted to water your lawn, the best time to do that is about 4 a.m. And a lot of people find it just easier to turn on their sprinklers at uh, you know noon or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you get a lot of loss through evaporation, and it doesn't uh, get down to the roots as well. True. Anyway. It's not a very economic way to water your lawn, but, you know, the water doesn't disappear when it evaporates. You may be right that it, it may evaporate. It, yeah, it could evaporate, go up into a cloud and float, you know, hundred or several hundred miles away before it ends up falling yeah. as rain. It, the idea that you're wasting water has always seemed a little bit ridiculous to me because there's a water right. cycle. It's going to come back eventually. So with uh, if the rain happens in another area, then it's just a matter of getting the water from the other area over to the area where it originated. And they have uh, pipelines for 
for those purposes. Well, it's just that the are a reality, Ian. I sure, mean, but but the government can't handle this stuff. Right. And I would love to see how a market uh, paradigm would work as far as being able to handle these kinds of situations. It may. I'm not sure you'd see it do all that much better. I mean, you're dealing with a limited resource, so they can jack up prices, but that's effectively the same thing as trying to crack down. You're discouraging people from using the water. You're not, you know, using the force of the state against them, or you could just shut down service for, you know, for certain periods during the day. Mm -hmm. But you you have a limited resource here, and the the amount of water that they can pump into the system the way it's set up... it's, it is limited, and if it's going to run out, it's going to run out. I suspect you, what you would find is that you would find that the uh, the water company, the private water company, would incentivize people to use water at different times of the day, and they would, uh, mm. they, they, you know, prices would go up. It would be a during, tiered system, probably, of prices. I don't you, know how that would work pre- precisely. I, it well, you'd get a certain amount uh, up front for a certain price, and then as you used more, you might get charged more. No, yeah, I think line. you could get charged less. Basically, in the marketplace, when you buy more things, you get... A lower price tends to be true, but if there's a shortage, then the price goes up. Plus, as you can, the company around. can get away with charging more for the you know as your quantity of yeah, consumption yeah. goes up. If it's a drought situation, you really only got one water table to tap out of. You might be able to have two companies that provide water services, but water services are in a, like a city is one of those difficult areas for the market to address, in my opinion, because I agree with that. Even it if you difficult. marketize it, you're still likely to have a monopoly in most places, like the roads. You're only going to have one road that but, connects with your driveway. But nothing would prevent in the in the free marketplace. Nothing would prevent beyond property owners saying no. Uh, somebody else coming in and and hooking up an extra s- set of pipes for the option to service those homes. Whether that's economically feasible or not, I don't know. I'm not the investor. I'm not looking at that as a business opportunity. Maybe it is. Certainly, the uh, the well companies would have some business as uh, as far as getting people with if if the water monopoly, for the lack of a better term, or the water the single water provider would were to jack rates too high, then people would start buying wells left and right. How effective that would be with the water table, I don't know. I mean, how far can you go down? Oh, you as can far go as, hundreds of feet. It just right. costs more and more as you go. So but. there's going to be a certain amount. They can, they're only going to be able to raise the cost so high. I mean, eventually, I think you pointed this out in the past, Mark, if they raise it too high, the Culligan man coming in with five-gallon bottles is going to be you know, a viable option as far as providing water or a tank on the side of Sister, a house. Yeah. And, and just like with, a, with an oil tank, obviously you're going to run through it a lot faster, but there could be all kinds of innovation that, uh, that could happen as a result of the prices going up too high. Just we don't we don't have the opportunity to even experience this because the government's running most of these uh, these water companies. But San Antonio is apparently uh, cracking down. They are relying on the Edwards Aquifer for their water. They're enduring their, enduring their driest 23 month period since weather data was recorded starting in 1885, according to uh, the National Weather Service. The aquifer has been hovering just above 640 feet deep, and if it dips below that, the city will issue its harshest watering restrictions yet. The city's not just sitting around, though. A total of 30 <laughs> off-duty officers and other employees are working overtime, cha-ching, to patrol the city looking for people illegally watering. So this is a real is watershed where... for the cops as far as their paychecks are concerned. <laughs> this is where the, mar- the, 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 the government really falls flat on its face. Here they're sending out police officers who get paid forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year on overtime, mm-hmm. time and a half out to look for people who are violating uh, the watering restrictions in order to punish the evildoers. This is not how the marketplace would handle this. 
back when uh, gas prices a year ago were were five dollars a pe- uh, a gallon. You didn't see anybody punishing people that used too much gasoline. They just had to pay pay for it. Exactly. More on the way here. You can bring up whatever you want. Have you ever had to deal with the water cops? 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, then learn how to promote us at promote.freetalklive.com. You can help us get on more radio stations, more internet connections, go to promote.freetalklive.com. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Just a few more thoughts on the water crackdown happening all over Texas as the government is unable to keep up with demand because they're the government and they don't have to. They can use guns when they've decided that you've gone too far uh, with how much water you'd like to use. Instead of doing market-based things like raising prices uh, when there are shortages, they decide to send men with badges and weapons and pay them overtime. Uh, apparently, off-duty cops are moonlighting, essentially, as water enforcement officers getting overtime pay for it, which government police pay is pretty darn good at, uh, normally. Police overtime pay is sweet. What's that, time and a half? Maybe double time? It depends on the day, but... Uh, de- yeah, it depends I mean, on... you know, the... the <laughs> Basically, uh, when you look at the the numbers, it's uh, about six percent of the American uh, private market is employed in a union, whereas something like eighty percent, uh, seventy to eighty percent of government employees are unionized. So, really, when you're dealing with unions and the negotiating powers that they have, you're talking about uh, uh, you know public workers. Now, we were talking about uh, how it is that the marketplace. None of us can really be too sure exactly what would happen if the government weren't in charge of providing water to people. Certainly, you're right, Nick, when you say that the infrastructure is there. If it's going to be run by a company, it's still going to be a relatively exclusive situation unless somebody else wants to come in with whatever kind of investment would be necessary to build a competing infrastructure. That's a a pretty risky investment, but that's the world of investments, right? Uh, But presuming that doesn't happen, there are still different things that could happen in the marketplace to respond to a shortage situation. We talked about how, you know, in the event that this one company that's providing the water starts to charge too much because of a shortage situation because they wouldn't be able to arrest their customers, that wouldn't make any sense at all. So if they start to charge too much, other people in the marketplace like well drillers and, uh, you know, the Culligan man even are going to get in on the game and they're going to start offering – competing water options to people that much we we can pretty i think we can be pretty sure of but just look at the economic uh incentives here that that are in play and the, the way the government handles this versus the way the marketplace would may possibly handle it this is just one idea here but i'm looking at this story from msnbc where they're saying that the san antonio city workers again these cops going around handing out tickets since April, about 1,500 people have been cited and ordered to pay fines ranging from $50 to over $1,000. So, I mean, let's let's be conservative there and say that uh, 1,500 people only had to pay $50. You know, that's not a bad, you know, $75,000 since uh, since April. I mean, that's that's you know, not a bad amount of income coming in. Now, do you think that money's going to um, help expand the water supply? 
Probably not. No, I, I doubt that it is. I don't. I can't say for sure, but I bet you that in the marketplace, if this water provider is having a tough time getting the water and they raise the prices on it, they can take some of the money that they earn from those raised prices, reinvest it into their infrastructure, or buy some water from another water provider nearby that could ship it over to them. They'd use that money to expand their business and 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 improve their ability to provide that product out into the future, whereas the government's probably just taking it and padding the general fund with it and ringing the cash register. So I think there's a, there's a big difference there in, in how things would be approached. But here's what the cops have to say for them. Oh, in a moment, we'll get what the cops have to say. Uh, they say residents are encouraged to snitch out water scoff laws, although the article actually uses the term rat, uh, in, on a 24-hour wastewater hotline or water waste hotline. Then the spokes bureaucrat for the water system says... We don't go out in a car with sirens blazing or anything like that. But we do take the report and send out a letter saying, you've been reported for not following water rules. Now, I just love how they just try to make it sound like it's no big deal. It's just a letter. I mean, we're not sending the cops with the handcuffs. But, of course, if you don't pay the fines, then what happens? That's when it comes down on you. Yep, exactly. So the rest of the story is just about how uh, you know they're expecting rain at, at some point. But I thought it was interesting that just to kind of look at the idea that in the marketplace, when you have a disaster, and let's call this a disaster, a, a drought is a disaster situation. In the in a hurricane situation, which we lived through a few of those down south, Mark, what you have. Frequently is people will have batteries and generators and things like that that are in high demand during a hurricane. Ice is also usually water in high demand. So because it's in high demand and there's a short supply, prices tend to go up. And there's a good reason for that. And that is that the first guy that arrives to the ice machine doesn't decide to buy every single bag of ice. If it's 10 bucks for a bag of ice as opposed to $1, which it normally would be, but $10 because they know they can, they can make that from people, he's going to be very judicious about how much ice that he purchases for himself. Sure. He's going to buy the minimum necessary to get his job done. Right. If, it's, uh, if, if you're looking at a situation in a hurricane and uh, you know somebody goes to the store and sees... Ten bottles of water sitting there, and they're at a dollar a piece because they've they've gotten rid of these gouging. You know, the gouging laws make it so that they can't charge what the market will bear. Then the guy who walks in is going to buy all ten gallons because it's only a dollar, and you know I can have it for later in case something terrible happens. Whereas if it's ten dollars per gallon, then he's liable to think to himself, you know what, I better get two. Um, you know, it's really expensive, but we need the water, and I'll I'll have a little extra, and and we'll ration it out that way. If five people do that, then you've got four times, but five times the people who are getting water. These laws, these gouging laws, hurt people. And it not only does it hurt the potential customers from getting their hands on things, but there's also a kind of a longer-term consequence that needs to be looked at. And I'm sure we're only touching on a few things. I bet there are other reasons we can talk about, but. The store owner with the 10 uh, gallons of water left is going to sell those 10 gallons, whether he sells them at a dollar or $10, right? I mean, right. odds are good if there's some sort of high demand for water, he's going to sell all 10 of those. So he's either going to take $10 in because he's restricted by the government laws, or he's going to take $100 in. Right. And the thing is, if he takes $100 in, he can call up the water supplier and say, hey, 
I've got this. I need to order this many pallets of water. Obviously, I don't know how many pallets you can get for $100, but we're talking on just a general basis. If they're able to charge more, they have more capital that they can work with to bring more products in, which can help more people. And they're incentivized in the future to keep more water on hand. They bought at a lower rate when the disaster wasn't around in order to be able to sell it at the higher price when the disaster does occur, thus keeping in the community the supplies that people need. This works with plywood. This works with water. This works with snowblowers. This works with generators. It's all the same. Gouging laws are made by people that don't understand economics. Feel-good politicians who just want to go with... uh, uh, you know, uh, they want to get people, elected. Yeah. They want to give people. They want to. They want people to feel like they're doing something. They want to be able to stand up on a podium and make it look like they can actually do something about a disaster. Well, and most people think that they are doing something positive because most people in general don't have a firm grasp on economics. True. Not that economics is really all that complicated when you get down to just the very basic aspect of supply and demand, which drives most of our day-to-day interactions and drives pricing. The reason I brought that up was to draw a parallel to what a, a disaster that we're familiar with, with a hurricane, to this disaster they're experiencing down in, in Texas, which may be part real drought and part government disaster, the fact that the government just sucks at providing water services because of the various different reasons we've mentioned. So hopefully that made it clear. would love to hear from you how you feel about maybe things could be different in a uh, market-based water-providing world. What sort of innovations do you think might pop up? I mean, we're just a three-talk show host sitting behind microphones. We have no uh, extra ability to uh, pontificate about these matters than anybody else does. So I uh, would love to hear from you. Maybe you do work in the water business and you can uh, chime in here. 800-259-9231. We'll go to an unscreened call on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Dan in New Jersey. Dan, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, yeah, um, I was just calling. Uh, I wanted to comment about uh, civil disobedience. Okay, sure. And um, the, uh, the, the topics come up. I guess uh, some people are, are talking about uh, different aspects of civil disobedience, and I just wanted to throw my uh, two cents in there because I'm opinionated, and that's what I do. Uh, anyway, Go for it. Uh, what I was going to say is um, I, I like the civil disobedience stuff that especially you guys are doing up in Keene, and um, I just feel like there are some people who have taken the idea and, and run with it and aren't necessarily thinking about um, the the intentions of their activism. I mean, the the intention of the activism is to recruit more people for the Free State Project, get more people like turned on to liberty, and it would make sense to me that if you're going to uh, participate in civil disobedience, that you choose activities that are principled. Okay, I'm not sure which activities you're talking. I'm not sure which activities you're talking about. So I don't know if it's the topless thing or not, but I want you to expound on that if you don't mind. Can you hang through the news? Sure, All right, hang on. Uh, it's Dan, right? Hang yes, on, sir. Dan. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. 
SACL CAI toll-free line 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away all the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to continue uh, taking your calls in a moment, but first, a uh, an announcement, Mark. Yeah, well, I was just... Uh, Browsing through the interwebs here, and it uh, looks like the Free State Project is at ninety four ninety nine for uh, signers. So uh, they're right at the ninety five hundred mark. There's a spider crawling up your shirt on your right arm. Don't know if you care, but figured I'd give you a heads up on that. Uh, so yeah, ninety four ninety nine. So you could be the you could be the ninety five hundred. Uh, the ninety fifth. Shoot. You should be. You could be member number ninety five hundred. It looks like that spider really uh, set you off. <laughs> if you sign up now at freestateproject.org, not that that matters that much, but maybe it's important to you. Uh, so there you go. Let's continue with your calls. Dan is in Pennsylvania and he's on Free Talk Live now. Dan, at the end it's of in last New Jersey, Dan in New Jersey, yeah, close <laughs> enough. Uh, you're you're in New Jersey and you had called uh, in the end of the last hour to talk about protests and civil disobedience. You were saying that you like a lot of the civil disobedience that you're seeing happen up here in New Hampshire, uh, specifically in the Keene area, and much of that has been cataloged over at FreeKeene.com. But you were saying something about some being more effective than others, and uh, you didn't have enough time to finish your thoughts. So go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, first of all, yeah, I do want to say I'm. Big fan of liberty, uh, consider myself a voluntarist, and, uh, you know, I, I like what's going on. It's all constructive criticism. I don't have any beef with anyone or anything like that. Um, but I think that uh, it's important for us as a, a liberty community to talk about what's going to be effective and, uh, you know, share those ideas. But, um, all right. yeah, basically, I, I, think, uh, I think that the best activism is uh, something that, that resonates um, you know, it doesn't have to be with the majority of people, but something that, uh, you know, the common man can, can relate to, right? So, uh, for example, if uh, you're going to speak to someone about liberty uh, who's maybe new to the ideas, the first thing you're going to lead off with might not be the Federal Reserve System and monetary policy because it's going to go over their head. It's going to be too deep for them, and uh, they're, they're probably going to lose interest pretty quickly, okay? Well, usually it so, helps to address an issue they consider important. Maybe they do yeah, consider it, monetary exactly. policy important. Exactly. Most people uh, kind of in, in a, a, a loose way uh, think of monetary policy as important, but uh, it, it's probably not the best thing to lead with. Uh, and in the same way, um, I think that Andrew Carroll's civil disobedience was excellent um, because – he was the, majority, the well, hold on, we have to explain, Americans, people don't know uh, who Andrew Carroll is, Dan. Dan, hang on one moment here. Uh, we have to explain who Andrew Carroll is. He was arrested in January for holding a bud of marijuana in his hand in public. He ended up uh, going to jail for nine days as a result of that event. Go ahead with your thoughts uh, on that. You said it was yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks for throwing in that explanation. Sometimes I forget that uh, every everyone's not an amper or daily listener. Right. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a great example. The majority of Americans uh, in all of our polls believe uh, that um, marijuana should be legal, um, at least medicinally, if, if not uh, recreationally as well. And uh, I think that most people um, see, you know, possessing a plant is not something that you should be locked in a cage for. Um, I think that People that are thinking about civil disobedience need to be conscientious of, of that. And, uh, you know, the, you can walk a fine line between um, 
you know, effective civil disobedience. So what are you saying is not effective? I mean, what, what are you saying is not effective here? I mean, I, I, I see you dancing around a critique of something, um, but you haven't actually come right out and said it. Yeah, well, I guess a lot of the controversy right now is about the uh, topless civil disobedience that uh, some people are promoting, and there are other people who are saying, no, people shouldn't do it. And, uh, you know, from my position, like, I'm all for people being uh, free to be topless regardless of their gender. Um, but I think the problem with that particular uh, act is that you're going to alienate a lot of people, and not not people necessarily in the freedom movement, but uh, a lot of people – uh, in New Hampshire. So you're well, saying that you probably, believe you believe uh, Dan also. You're you're saying that you believe that there are majority of people that are anti the freedom for women to be topless should they choose to be. Have you got some sort of poll results to back you up or are you suggesting that anybody who wants to do civil disobedience has to go hire Gallup to do a uh, a poll of the area that they live in to find out what people think about the civil disobedience before they engage in what they believe is the right thing to do? No, I don't think so and and to be quite honest with you, I think you're splitting hairs. Uh most most people who have an awareness of uh of uh people will tell you that most people are not comfortable with um, public nudeness, even if it's... Not the uh, people I know. Everybody I know is pretty cool with uh, the idea of women being equal to men. Dan, I tried to... Uh, I. You know, um, I, I, th- I consider myself to be the voice of reason on this show. And uh, if you work with Ian, you'd feel the same way. It, and, <laughs> you know, I can't find anything that I find reprehensible about the idea of both men and women showing that, uh, you know, the, the difference, uh, you know, in the law for women to be, you know, not thrown into jail for having their shirts off or given fines or whatever. And so what I decided to do today was I tried to, uh, you know, I talked to my wife about it. And I tried to present it in as fair a fashion as I could um, so that she could give me her opinion on it. And I can tell you, her opinion is not good of civil disobedience. Hey, here's the thing. is uh, I, I'm 100% for women and men being equal. I think that most people will say, I'm for women and men being equal. Uh, the way that you present the argument, Ian, is the pro-choice, pro-life stance, okay? Everyone is pro-choice. Everyone is pro-life. But that's not the thing. The, the question is, are you for or against abortion? Okay, everyone is for equality. Well, no, no, they aren't for people being topless. Well, wait, it, it, no, then they're not for equality. I'm sorry, I, there's a big I, I disconnect don't, I don't there, have Dan. An issue with women being topless, my my point is, is that you will find it's the same reason that we don't have toplessness on television during prime time. If that was something that the majority of people were okay with, it would be on TV. Well, I, I, I can't. Do you, do you disagree with that? Because uh, we the, see toplessness. There in are Europe there are on, movies on that. Ha- well, well, hold on, hold on, Dan. There are movies, there. Dan, where there are topless women frequently. And I, mean, I say and that they're the, very I say that rated R is the the probably the majority of movies that come out are rated R. You can be topless in PG thirteen. Yeah, PG thirteen. Okay. Back in uh, before okay, PG thirteen, PG. Uh, I believe it was Trading Places with Jamie Lee Curtis. What, didn't she go topless in that movie? Or was some movie with Jamie wow. Lee Curtis in it? It was PG, and it had a a short topless scene in it. So. Okay. Okay, so just answer this question, Ian. Why don't you see it on primetime television versus on uh, cable television well, most, or a movie that you have to access? Most primetime uh, television. Well, hold on now. Most broadcast I mean, networks, based, Dan, most broadcast networks are regulated by the FCC. Now, are you going to go and argue that the FCC is uh, you know, in touch with what the majority of Americans want? No, but I will say this. 
you can tell me right now that there is a vast difference in what is allowed on primetime television today versus 20 years ago. There and is. it's not because of the FCC regulation. It's because of the market. People began demanding it and began tolerating it, and therefore the networks were able to push the limits. What's, what was, is allowed on TV today was not allowed 20 years ago. Because the marketplace has pushed the FCC, not because the FCC has, um, has, has led the way or anything like that. I think that the public would be more likely to be – more of the people than you think are going to be okay with toplessness on TV. So and I'm not for toplessness. I am for equality on this particular issue. And I think that you can make the point to a lot of people, and I, 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 I still am of the opinion that men's opinion really doesn't count on this issue, that we should be asking more women, and we're not getting the calls, and I don't know why, I know they listen, um, that, you know, what do they think about the issue is really, you know, where I believe it sits. Dan? Yeah. Well, th- this is, is what I'll leave you with, and it's that... Um, there's an effective route and an ineffective route. And you can ask a lot of people. If you, if you want to say all the people you know, if, you're gonna, you, know, if you surround yourself with uh, people that are, are in favor of this civil disobedience, then you're going to have a hard time finding people that disagree with you. But if you talk to the majority of people and if you take my primetime TV litmus test, you will find that this is... Uh, I don't base my activism on what the majority... I see where you're coming from. I don't base my activism on what the majority of people think. I base it on what's right. Thanks for the call. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free. So enjoy those on us and freetalklive.com. And those features, by the way, include the chat room. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com. Get logged in. It's totally free. You can go in there anytime, though the best time is obviously during live show hours. Chat.freetalklive.com. And check out the Low Country Liberty Report. This Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. His liberty-oriented reports are for liberty-minded folk. And he doesn't pretend to be unbiased in his reporting, and he tries to add humor to every report. Find his videos at lclreport.com. That's lclreport.com. As we continue here, we will take your calls, but just wanted to add something to the conversation that we were having with Dan in New Jersey, saying that he thinks that Civil disobedience activists should look at poll results, basically. I know I'm putting words into his mouth. Yes, sure. Uh, but basically saying that he didn't think that anybody should do anything unless the majority of people agreed with it. And I happen to disagree vehemently with that. I think that people should do what they feel is the right thing to do for their reasons. And in the case of the uh, the topless protest, the ladies are doing it because they don't feel like they're – if they're doing it, which we don't know if it's going to happen yet – but the idea is that they'll do it, and uh, if they do it, they, they're doing it because they don't feel free. They feel oppressed, and they want to have the same right as a man does to take their shirt off if they feel so inclined. And I don't care if a majority of people don't agree with that. And I'm not going to say whether I agree that they do or not. I, I don't know what people will think. I'm not going to go out on that limb. I know some people will like it, and some people won't. I'm not going to say what the percentage is. But I can tell you this that you don't need a majority of people to agree with something to have an effective uh, a, a situation that can affect change. 
all we want is to be left alone. That's really all that we want. So if 40% of the people agree with it, and it's too many people for them to arrest and put everybody in a jail cell and they leave everybody alone, then that's a win. That's a success. It doesn't matter whether everybody's converted over to feeling comfortable with breasts being uh, out and about in public. I think that having the event happen is going to result in conversations. That could result in people coming on board with the idea if they've never come, uh, if they've never thought about it before. That's all a possibility. But as long as they're not arresting these ladies for it, and I don't know what the police response is going to be, if they aren't arresting people for going topless, then they've got the right to go topless. It's just that there's some pesky law on the books saying otherwise. But if that law is unenforced, then that's an ideal situation. Obviously, getting rid of the law would be best. That way it could never be enforced. But I'll accept just not enforcing it. Well, I, That's a win. I, I, I believe that in this, this case that uh, I, first off, don't understand at all why there's this controversy over it. I simply don't get it. Boobs, Mark. People get very uncomfortable, apparently, about boobs. And I, I, to me, it doesn't seem like the kind of issue that uh, is really going to be hugely divisive. Certainly, some people will think it's terrible, but some people are always going to think it's terrible. And as far as the majority of people goes... I I think that you may very well have the majority of people out there believe that women should be able to go topless if that that is what they choose. I think I I don't know. I'm not going to go on that limb. I don't know. It seems like you might be right, but but you know I have to agree with Dan that uh, the idea that you should take into account how many people will get it and uh, be on your side as far as uh, a certain type of issue, um, civil disobedience goes. But I and, don't know that in advance. I don't know. It could be a different. It could be very different, right, Mark? How right. many people? take that on how many people decide to uh, to align with the fr- freedom movement based on how effective the communicators are i mean it could very well be that the uh, the women that are doing the the protesting or the the topless uh, event um, are not very uh, good at communicating and they may completely botch up the interviews and make themselves uh, look uh, terrible or they could be absolutely genius at it or somewhere in between likely and, they'll uh, be somewhere in between right but i mean you would agree that there's certain types of activism that are more effective and less effective all depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, okay. Well, you meth just... lab civil disobedience would not be very effective. <laughs> I, well, well, it's it's if you believe that people shouldn't be arrested for producing methamphetamine, then I don't see why you're laughing. Right. While, it's no while smeared in their own feces in the middle of Main Street wearing <laughs> buttless chaps. I mean, I, that, that there's civil disobedience we can all get behind, right? You're going to have a tough time finding people to get behind. Right, because it's stupid. That's why. Yeah. Now, there are smart bits of activism. Stupid bits of activism. I can see uh, that. I don't understand why this bit of activism is uh, um, that probably won't even occur, in my opinion. As a matter of fact, the people that are making the the people that are making the noise about this activism are making it more likely to occur. If they would have gone ho hum and said, "Oh yeah, who cares?" then it wouldn't. It likely would never have occurred. If it is, if it does occur now, I think that the people that made the big to do about it likely have themselves to to look at on this particular Maybe. issue because if it's activated libertarians, uh, um, you know, well, I mean, who's who else is it going to activate? I don't know. It, I, I don't get it either. I think it's sad personally that uh, some uh, some activists are responding in this way. But whatever. It's uh, if it happens, it happens. We go to your calls about what you want, John in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there, and you're on the upline. Hi there. Uh, me and my girlfriend were listening to an old episode uh, where you were basically discussing child molestation. Okay. And uh, she got very offended and basically felt that you were advocating uh, child prostitution. And I tried explaining to her that, in fact, you weren't advocating that. You were against statutory rape laws. 
Well, I think that uh, if a teenage girl wants to sell her sex services, she should be free to do that if somebody wants to buy them from her. I don't see what the problem is with that. I don't think you're well, going to solve anything by putting her child? in jail. What's well, a child? yeah, what does child mean? Sure, that's that's a good question. Right. Um, basically, my solution to this problem here is that if we view children as their parents' property, essentially, until they go out into the world on their own, mm-hmm. then the parents should have the ability to seek reparations for damages against their property from someone, say, who decided to touch their daughter. But I don't think that uh, children are actually their parents' property. I mean, if, with using your definition, if I'm 25 years old, I haven't gone out on my own and into the world, am I still my parents' property? Um, you well, know, obviously I, not. Then obviously the problem is that I've created another arbitrary number when are you no longer your parents' property. Uh, I realize that. But well, I think I think in cases where there was, there's a question of, well, is, was this child able to give consent? Uh, then we should revert to the parents and consider the child the parents' property and say, well, okay, it's up to the parents to decide whether or not this child was abused. I I think that uh, you know that yeah, there's something to be said for that, and I think that pretty much you've got to come up with an arbitrary number um, for, for me personally to solve this this issue. But I think that the way you can handle this with your girlfriend, because I'm sure she's shocked by what she's heard, um, but I think that you can ask her, well, do you think that a girl that's 16 years old can decide whether or not it's okay for her to have sex? And then likely right. she'll say yes because, well, she might have. Most people have made that decision. And then you have to ask, well, can she decide to have sex with – then you – you know, an 18-year-old boy, a 20-year-old man, a 24-year-old man, can she – if she can make the decision to have sex, can she make the decision to take money for sex? And, you know, the, 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 she'll begin to see what the, uh, the, the gray areas in this particular issue. And there are a lot of them. I – I personally know women who have had who had sex when they were 14 years old, and now when, as adults, they don't seem bad, twisted, wrong, mm-hmm. messed up as a result. It just depends on how healthy the relationship was and how uh, healthy the, what was surrounding the sex. It was. seems too early to me. It does, but who am I to say? I just and, don't yeah. know. Thank you for the call tonight, John. I appreciate hearing from you. Good luck with your continued discussions. And that's what I like, is people having uh, discussions that they otherwise wouldn't have. And I think that protests uh, can help engender those, from uh, help those happen. 800-259-9231. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, and even a webcam, which has been fixed at this point. The, The webcam is back. It's a different cam, and I don't know, maybe you'll like it better. So go to listen.freetalklive.com. You can get access to all of those things completely free. That's listen.freetalklive.com. We go back to your calls about anything. Nick is in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Nick. Hi. Um, I have three things to bring up. Um, all right. Uh, first one, uh, while I was on my walk today, um, I noticed that there was, um, there was a Masonic Center in my place. I'm not really a whole conspiracy guy, but I don't know if it was like related to the Masons or Something, I don't a know. Masonic sensor? 
Yeah, there was like a big house, and it said Masonic Center, like uh, oh, center. the town I live in. Gotcha. I don't know. I thought you said censor oh. that was like a detecting well, sort of thing. There are Masonic lodges all over the country. We have yeah. one here in Keene, and uh, we went, I've been we, inside it. We rec- well, that's a former Masonic. The Cheshire TV studio where we record Free Minds TV is actually in the old Masonic lodge. There's a new really? Masonic lodge. Yeah, the Masons they still have, have the meeting rooms upstairs. The blue, yeah, the blue room's still there, but they they hold the meeting on in a new building off Washington Street. Yeah, I mean the Masons are a real group of real men. Uh, do they They're have women of, Masons? It's just a man thing, it's, right? Yeah, it's it's a it's a male organization. They have uh, all men who uh, a lot of them are into construction and doing good things for the community. I, I, the, the whole Mason Masons are evil thing seems to be a, a mindless. I've, I know a number of them, plot. and they have varying opinions, and some of them seem fairly pro liberty. So yeah. Um. So the other two things I wanted to bring up was um, the uh, arbitrary age um, thing, like, you know, like with how old you are to drink, how old you are to, you know, enlist in the military and apparently kill. Yes. And uh, it just, it's all very arbitrary. There's really, I think the individual should be able to choose for himself or herself. I agree. And I agree generally the idea that a parent should be in control over their uh, children until their children decide to emancipate themselves. And I think that their children should be free to emancipate themselves at whatever age they would like. I think they can also, uh, you know, I'm getting out of here, mom and dad. Okay, son, see you later. You know, and then a few days later they come back and they want to come back. Well, I think they, you know, most good parents would probably let their kids come back and they would would have been taught a real lesson about what the real world was like and how they aren't quite ready for it uh, at that point. But if somebody's 14 and they decide that they they don't want to be beaten anymore by the by daddy or whatever the hell the problem is at uh, yeah. at, the, at the, the family home, I have no problem with them saying that's it. I'm out of here. My own free person now. See you later. And and doing what it, they need to do to get out. Yeah. Uh, the third thing is of course the topless um, protest. Um, of course. I personally don't see like with Mark uh, what what the whole big deal is about. Uh, it's just people with their shirts off trying to have the same, well, women with the shirts off, men with the shirts off, trying to promote, like, e- equality for both sides. It's, it's, I'll admit it's, like, a minor topic, but it's uh, equality is a minor it's not topic. So... I don't mean equality is. Right. Apparently, it's not so minor to some people that uh, yeah. believe the world will end uh, if some women are able to yeah. walk around topless. And of well, course, yeah. the, all the evidence is to the contrary. In every place where that happens on a regular, uh, semi-regular basis. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got African tribes where it happens regularly. Well, the, the arguments coming from people opposed to the protests aren't necessarily coming because they're opposed to the idea of women going topless. No, but they are. They're opposed because some people are opposed. That's the reason why they're opposed. Their their reasoning is, in many cases, yeah. I'm against this because some other people are prudes and sexist. <laughs> that's the that's the uh, the argument. Not because they themselves are prudes and sexist. I'm not going to s- accuse them of that because that wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't uh, be accurate. Either. I have no reason to to disbelieve them when they say they aren't prudes. But when you're defending prudes, you're almost as bad. Do um do you know the rationale for for what why people say uh, that it'll destroy the liberty movement? I haven't heard it, but I it's the same uh, old poisoning the well mentality that we've heard from people over the years. As uh, for, for instance, uh, there were people that were critical of me for making a stand on the couch issue. There were my tenants had a couch out in their lawn. I went to jail over it, uh, and people said you didn't pick the right issue. You should have picked a different hill to die on. Well, some people said that uh, Sam Dodson, who spent 58 days in jail for refusing to 
identify himself. They said that he picked the wrong issue, that he should have just given his name. Uh, some people said when it came to the, uh, let's see, what are the, oh, the flag burn obviously was very unpopular. And that yeah, went over and it, it I thought happened. it was Dunwall, though. You were talking about um, uh, Jesse, right? Yep, that was Jesse. So every every instance of civil disobedience, with the exception of the most, I think I think the uh, one of the only ones that hasn't been critiqued was Dave Ridley and the puppet protest. But also, nothing happened in that instance. You right. know, the, nobody the arrested cops really him. don't care whether uh, you you do a marionette show in uh, the state capital, even though it's against the law and has been for two hundred years or whatever. So I mean, obviously, c- civil disobedience to some extent has to ruffle some feathers to, in order to be of, of any effect. I I don't see how why this particular piece is. It's uh, always the same though. It's always this. You're poisoning the well. You're making it more difficult for us because whenever we're but, doing liberty activism over here, the fact that you did that civil disobedience it, over there has rubbed off on us, and now we can blame you, though civil disobedience, for all of the problems that we're having doing whatever we're doing. It's true, but they're taking it to an extreme, and they're being, uh, you know, they're they're worrying too much. Yeah. Is my opinion, and you'd think that at, at it's this cowardly. point that a lot of people would have seen that. Oh, what, well, this really isn't so. Um, that, but it's you know, never been areolas, Mark. It's right. never been this before. I mean, you would agree that uh, it could very well be very bad for the liberty movement if every other civil disobedient uh, person besides yourself in town decided that the, um, you know, the, the meth lab protest on Central <laughs> Square while covered in their own feces wearing buttless chaps. Um, you would agree that Ludicrous. that could very well, if covered by the major media, put a black mark on the Free State Project. Do you think I, so? I don't know. I mean, I, th- that's a problem with collectivism. The people covered in their own feces but, is not going to be good. Uh, the, the idea that uh, anybody would think that the Free State Project is somehow uh, in favor of something like that is pretty ludicrous, too, Mark. Well, I mean, the, the if that were to happen, it would seem to be pretty obvious that it was some nutter uh, going into... Or you're saying there'd be a big group of there people There would be a group of, of 50 right. of them, and... Now we're in the world of the fantasy, it, right? Absolutely, okay, it's in the world so of the fantasy. Okay, so this is where you have to go to make any sort of point against this, to the world of the ludicrous extreme. Nick, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Mike is listening to WIMS in Michigan City. Hey, Mike. Hi, how are you? What's on your mind tonight? Um, well, I wanted to call about the uh, topless women. Yes, sir. Type deal. In uh, New York, uh, a lady, well, the men were walking around in a parade or whatever because it was hot out with their tops off. Sure they off. were. And the women, this lady took hers off. She was arrested, and she fought it, and she actually won the case. Excellent. Yeah, and she won, I don't know, $18,000 or whatever it is. She actually won some money. Nice. And her case was that, hey, if the it's not the breast itself, it's the areola the men are showing theirs. Yep. And that's basically, she won the case. And so uh, I don't see why that wouldn't be applied anywhere else if they took it to the Supreme Court. This was just in New York State. Sure. Yeah, well, obviously the state didn't want to appeal it, right? Because otherwise they would have. They would have right. taken that up to the next level. Right, and they know they'd probably lose. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying there's hope. <laughs> yeah, it's cut and dry. I mean, the issue is clear, clear cut. I think the cops would be fools to arrest the ladies uh, in this particular case if they were to go and do that. Because I would also encourage the people that are con- very concerned about this particular protest to Google uh, you know, go to you know, go to Google, topless find protests. out how many topless protests there have been yeah, this around the nation and around the world. And I know that you know, likely they're talking about uh, uh, you know here in the United States because we have a bit more of a you know pruder sensibility on this particular issue. But it this is this is a, a nationwide and a worldwide movement, and I think that you could very well get more people on your side as a result Absolutely. rather than uh, driving people away. I don't get it. Mike, any other thoughts for us? 
He's gone. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Yeah, Here's National right. Go Topless Protest Day, Sunday, August the 23rd, 2009, in honor of women's equality. Sweet. GoTopless.org. Go I mean, <laughs> hey, August a, 23rd? This is a, a nice-looking website. This doesn't appear to be entirely, you know, this this doesn't appear to be nuts. It Here's here's a picture of, um, you know, a man and a woman standing next to, get, next to each other, topless, going Sweet. legal. Um, and the guy's holding a sign that says legal. The woman says, <laughs> the woman says unnatural, illegal, criminal. You know, awesome. the, it's so bizarre, awesome. this, the, the thought process on this. I don't know. That needs to be posted to the thread now that there's a date, August 23rd, for the National Topless Protest. I think that could be fun. 800-259-9231. It's all up to the ladies. If they don't do it, it ain't going to happen. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The remaining moments here will get your call in if you make it at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Dot com. And if you like this program, we've got an AMP program. You can help us with three bucks a month. Take this show and put it on as many radio stations as possible. Get on as many internet connections as possible and expose new people to the ideas of freedom, which some people will be offended by. Uh, so if you like this show and you want to get behind us, go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we go to your calls, Cliff in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Cliff. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? What's on your mind? I want to talk about uh, the fact that uh, you had a caller a few colors ago that, uh, that was referring to the children as being their parents' property, and you did correct, uh, correct that, that statement later on. But I think that's a very dangerous mindset, to think of children as property. Yeah, I, I agree and, that it's not. Uh, I, I've, I've entertained the idea of this is the way that one should deal with this, uh, this issue, and I just I come up with it being, you know, it's just way too short. Most people will, you know, treat their kids, uh, you know, in, in their very best interests, but Honestly, uh, you know, I don't think it's uh, for the best. They are your wards. Yeah, the, How about that? Ward is the right term. Yeah, the way I look at it, the way I look at it is as, as uh, the same as saying your wife, you know, because she she you know she's a stay-at-home uh, mom or whatever it is, you know, she's your property. And I think that's that's very wrong. You, you could obviously see that it's wrong in that instance, but you can't see that it's as wrong. And not you, not you guys, but people sure. that, that think like this. No, I agree with you. It's, it's obviously yeah. wrong because if they were your property, then you could do whatever you wanted with them, like eat their brains, as a, a woman down in San Antonio decided to do recently. And that was in the news uh, today. So clearly, uh, they're not your property. They're they're and individual that's, that's, human beings that you've been tasked with because you know you chose to have one. Uh, you've been tasked with the responsibility of taking care of. And yeah, the, your your property is your property, and you can decide whether or not that child uh, lives. You should be able to decide whether or not your child lives on your property, um, you know, consumes your food and all those other things. Unfortunately, we have laws that uh, prevent, uh, you know, children from, uh, you know, striking out on their own and uh, supporting themselves. But I think that a, I think that the parent and the child should be able to decide who stays on the property and and why. And and there and that's a good way to enforce rules. But you know. Obviously, the world is not uh, the way I want to see it. And what I just wanted to mention one last thing. Uh, my wife and I are 100% in favor of this uh, topless day uh, event that you guys might be holding. Excellent. I think it's a great idea. Good to know. Well, I'm glad you're speaking for your wife because, as Mark pointed out, no women have bothered to actually call. Did we get a call from a woman yesterday on this either? I don't think we did. No. Nah. 
there have been a few of them that have posted over on the forum thread at freekeen.com, and they've uh, echoed their. You know, some thoughts have been uh, of, of them have been positive. Some have not have been not so positive. So there's certainly been a mixed reaction, just as there has been uh, amongst men. Mark, your wife had a, a fairly positive reaction towards it. Julia is a big fan of uh, of this idea, and so it's going to be a mixed bag anyway. You cut it, but I'm glad to hear that, Cliff, and thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Since we're talking about, uh, we kind of touched on age of consent, here is an email from an anonymous sex offender. Guys, I have a little story for you that will never be reported on the news, but I wish to remain anonymous. Still, I think this story is indicative of what the world is really all about. I'm not even going to say what state it takes place in. I live somewhere in the United States. Sex offender laws are universally tyrannical across the country. About five years ago, I was convicted of a sex offense. It was a minor offense, and you read about it on your very show. To make a long story short, I was sleepwalking one evening and touched the breast of my daughter's 14-year-old girlfriend while she was sleeping over. For this story, details of what happened that night aren't really important. The crime took place in 2002, and the conviction was in 2004. I have not before or since touched any women in that manner with the exception of my now ex-wife. I pleaded guilty to the crime per my lawyer's advice because even the plea bargain asked for jail time and my lawyer knew that under the circumstances the judge would give me only probation if I threw myself to his mercy. I served my probation and went to all their counseling. A few months after I was finished with my probation or a few months after I was finished with my probation my now ex-wife decided she no longer wished me living in her home. Due in part to my sex offender status but also to a poor credit rating, I was unable to find housing and with nowhere else to go I moved back in with my parents. I've been trying to get my debt down for a year and a half now and have done a pretty good job at it, but I was recently laid off and now find myself living on unemployment. It's a good thing I'm living with my parents or I would soon find myself homeless, but that doesn't really matter to the state. You see, a church across the way from my parents' house will be opening a Montessori school soon. I now live within 500 feet of a school, which means I will have to move. The police served me with a letter a couple of days back. I now have 90 days to move out. There's good news, however. As he pointed out, remember, this guy couldn't get a home because of his sex offender status. So where's that going to mean he's going to end up? If if it's anything like the stories we've read in the past, there's usually a trailer park somewhere on the outskirts of town that isn't nearby uh, a school and isn't nearby a park. And all of the sex offenders go and congregate, uh, congregate there because they just can't be anywhere else. He says, there's some good news, however. My parents have been living in this house since 1989, and I might be grandfathered in. We have to go to the sheriff's department and present the proof that they've lived there that long. I'm still not sure, however, if I'll be allowed to stay as I'm not the owner. If that's the case, then we have to appeal to a judge. We feel we'd have a good case as my father suffers from Alzheimer's disease, and my mother is also elderly and finds him hard to deal with at times, so I'm a caretaker. Can you imagine how uh, intolerant that would be if the judge basically said, the law is the law, son, and you won't be able to help your parents out in their old age because you touched a breast? You know, that would be so awful. He says, for me, there's even more good news, though. I have an uncle who's involved locally at a fraternal organization. He says, I won't name it here as I don't want to get the conspiracy theorists going. In fact, he's locally the highest ranking official in said organization. It turns out that most of the local judges and lawyers are also members of this organization. So I have an in to their system. That's why I wish to remain anonymous as I don't want to take any chances with my circumstances. I'm still not completely certain I'll be allowed to stay at this residence. And without work, I remain uncertain certain as to where I could live. 
Still, I feel fortunate to have the family I have. I could just imagine if I was on my own. If I was renting, the landlord would have no choice, and I'd have to move. If a police officer or an official didn't like me for some reason, he could easily have me run off of my premises. I could easily end up homeless because of my situation. And I imagine that with all the sex offenders out there, there is probably someone who suffered through a similar situation and now wanders the streets of some major city talking to himself and begging for whatever aid people will give him. In Florida, they had people living under a bridge, and for all I know, they're still there. These people should be allowed to live wherever they can find decent housing, regardless of whether a school decides to open across the street or not. Not only is it cruel and unusual to kick someone out of their place of residence, but it does not make the community safer, and in fact, most likely makes the community less safe. And not also, also to mention that most uh, that sex most sex offenses occur uh, with you know family members or people that are uh, you know in organizations that the you know the kids are coming in contact to, yeah. uh, with the sex offender. Priests. They aren't people that are teachers skulking about uh, playgrounds, uh, you know, snatching up six year olds. That's that's not what uh, is is occurring. But that's what's portrayed. Yes, that's what's suggested kind of by popular media and by you know Hollywood and television shows. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I think I don't know what the statistics are, but it seems like it's nine times out of ten that it's the pervy old uncle or uh, or stepfather or something like that, somebody who's in regular contact with the uh, the young molestee. He he continues here saying not only are these laws unfair and unjust, but they create a harsh community of cold, hard human beings rather than a community of understanding and forgiving souls. I think things will turn out okay for me, but I do worry about others out there like me, people who did nothing particularly violent, or people who had consensual sex, or perhaps just made a small error in judgment, who are made to suffer even after they've served their prescribed sentences, and maybe getting back on their feet only to be knocked down again. Well, thanks for taking the time to read this, and best of luck to you. Indeed, same to you, uh, and this is a great point that he makes about the uh, the harsh community of coldness versus understanding and forgiving, and if you want these sex offenders, as they are called, and, and sometimes these are people that peed behind a tree, not necessarily they hurt anybody at all. Or had uh, consensual sex with right. somebody underage or whatever, I mean, it's... If, a... if you want these folks to get better, then understanding and forgiving and appreciating them and welcoming them is a, is a way to help them get better. Shoving them out, casting them out and saying, you, we don't want you to be a part of this uh, this place anymore is just going to, I think, worsen the situation. I think his, uh, his assessment is absolutely spot on. I have to agree. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I certainly find uh, some se- sex offenders out there to be reprehensible. But, but if they're too dangerous to let out into normal society, why are they let out in this limbo <laughs> state I mean, the government's saying these people are dangerous. That's why we let them out and we make, you know, we, we supposedly these. keep track of where they live, even though it's ineffective. Yeah, as though <laughs> as though them not living within 500 uh, feet or yards or whatever of a school is going to keep the guy that wants to go to the school or the playground or whatever. And abduct and, a kid. And, yeah. Right, and, 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 you know, steal away with, uh, with a kindergartner. Like, that's going to stop him. Yeah, like he's going to call in and report that he's got an eight-year-old in the back of his van. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. 
You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. <laughs> 